First in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. Well, welcome everyone to Spouting Off for the middle of summer. Oh my, the news just keeps marching right along. Uh, Karen Cataline with you. Always a pleasure to have you along. We do this show Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern, but then you can listen all kinds of times. The content is free and open and available to the public in a variety of venues, and we're happy to let you know that we are growing. Uh, Here's a question for you. And by the way, just as by way of a programming note, we have a very special guest after the first break, somebody that I've known well over, my goodness, it's, uh, it's, it's well over a decade. Uh, She's a friend, a girlfriend, and we're going to talk about mental health. In fact, here is a little preamble of that. Have we already been conditioned to this crisis mentality, or is it a natural reaction to the media constantly uh, fear-mongering and uh, constantly predicting disaster and crisis which the people in charge, the people in authority, be they allegedly elected officials or unelected bureaucrats, both of which our founding fathers warned us against, uh, is are they inciting this kind of crisis mentality? The reason I ask is that Every day, I keep seeing evidence that a variety of people are becoming unhinged. Now, that doesn't mean I'm incapable of it either, but people that I've known, friends of mine, actually, that I've known for a long time, seem to be angrier, more full of anxiety and hostility. I think that all of us have our own kinds of coping mechanisms when we deal with stress or or just plain social injustice. And I don't mean the variety that the left would like you to believe, which is that America's a racist country. It is not. But the kind of social injustice that, that uh, meets out uh, uh, conditional justice based on uh, your political ideology based on the color of your skin, the exact opposite of the promise of America, the exact opposite of what we, uh, the principles we have held dear, individual responsibility, but equal justice under the law. When you see this kind of systematic thwarting of our justice system, people being targeted for political reasons, other people, and we spoke about this at some length last week with the incomparable John Zemerak, who talked about anarcho-tyranny. Very important show. If you would like to, you can get it now at my website, 
karencataline.com. It is a, a direct tactic of anarchy for them and tyranny for anybody who dares to disagree. Uh, John Zamirak made the case that this was the kind of tactic. These were the kind of tactics, believe it or not, and I have no embarrassment to bring this up, uh, ushered in uh, Nazism in the 40s to be able to um, uh, justify the kind of propaganda, I mean, with the help of the propaganda media, saying that some people deserve more justice than others, or perhaps you could say it the other way, some people deserve more injustice than others. If you couple that with uh, a warning uh, that there's going to be, God forbid, food shortages, a growing inflation, handing over our precious oil reserves to our enemies, uh, there is this there is this sense that the people who have uh, who are in authority again through either elected means or unelected bureaucrats do not have our best interests at heart that has a tendency to create uh, an enormous amount of disturbance emotionally and otherwise. And I'm seeing signs of this in the middle of the summer as if ominous signs that uh, the orchestrators are planning more and more stuff for the midterms. It's not as if we haven't seen a pattern of behavior. For example, uh, I just read an article Again, I would like, you know, I would I would like this to be, you know, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean people aren't after you. Unfortunately, sometimes a sense of caution is called for. So in the Daily Mail, the UK publication headline, Yellowstone becomes the fourth park to bring back face masks as cases rise in three to five states. Now, all week long, I've been seeing the telegraphing that there is more and more COVID, more COVID, more COVID. We saw the hysterical, completely unhinged uh, idea from people who are elected officials in Washington, D.C., that uh, people who who have chosen not to be vaxxed are to blame for inflation. Did you get that? There are people in a position of public authority that are actually blaming citizens for their own personal decision not to take an experimental drug there to blame your honor for inflation, which was caused by runaway spending, printing money, uh, uh, spending trillions upon trillions of dollars indiscriminately in order to devalue your savings and mine wouldn't be because uh, food processing plants have been the object of arson, just like the firebombing of pregnancy, Christian pregnancy centers, because after all, pro-choice doesn't mean pro-choice anymore. It means pro-abortion. You don't have a choice. All right. All of that sounds like it's unrelated, but in fact, 
we're living in an incredibly disturbing time in which people believe that they can engage in violence and uh, civil hostility and even criminality if they don't get their own way. Unfortunately, this is coming from only one ideological side of the aisle. So when people say, oh, it's radicals on both sides, I beg to differ. You know, conservatives of a variety of stripes disagree. They're disagreeing as much now as ever before. But we are not seeing a systematic call for violence in this country. I do not um, call for such a thing. That simply plays into the hands of the anarchists who want us all to be scared. So I come full circle and I ask you, are we seeing people being unhinged, falling prey to the kind of mental chaos that uh, is, is being stirred up by um, a bunch of people who really do not like this country and don't like themselves very much either. I contend, just by way of summing up before I have to go, I contend that if you fall prey to that, if you give in to even your own self-destructive behaviors, which we all have some, you're allowing them to win. We want in this show to encourage the best possible mental health practices, if there is such a thing, encourage good mental health, including not falling prey to despair and uh, uh, depression, if you can help it, because that seems to be what the America haters want. They want chaos in the streets. They want terror and fear. Uh, hostility and violence. I'm seeing video all the time of it. And yet they are, there are marvelously good people that continue to feed their families, continue to praise their God, and who, go, uh, who intend to stand up for the rights of good citizens everywhere. That about uh, is going to have to allow me to leave it there. Well, we welcome after the break uh, my good friend, Dr. Martina Cartwright. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. We'll be right back after this on the KRN Radio Network and Spouting Off. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to tell you the picture of the world that they represent. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact, and prevent people from being misled. The Epoch Times is independent. We're not controlled by any special interest, and we never will be. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit. A battle between forces that would ensnare this country in ignorance and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and use the promo code RAM and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. Read the difference on all your devices. We'd love to have you on board. Are you tired of the same old snacks? 
Looking for something a little healthier than that bag of chips or candy bar? Even your average bag of trail mix these days is little more than peanuts, raisins, and candy-coated chocolate. Not very healthy, is it? Allow me to introduce you to White Mountain Munchies. Made from 100% all-natural ingredients, White Mountain Munchies combines unique flavors with nutritional value that will tingle your taste buds and strengthen and sustain your overall health and wellness. Eating good never tasted so good. From Maggie's Maple Madness to Hannah's Heavenly Harvest, Grayson's Getaway Goodies, and our limited edition Christmas blend, Jacoby's Jolly Jumble, White Mountain Munchies offers nutritious and delicious snacks that the whole family is sure to love. Pick yours up now through our easy-to-use online store at whitemountainmunchies.com. White Mountain Munchies, non-GMO when you're on the go. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities. He's been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question, and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Karen Cataline got her parents to name her Karen before she was born so she could grow up to be a punchline. Now here's more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Doggone right. I, uh, I got my parents to name me Karen when I was an infant. No, I didn't. I love that uh, lead in because uh, if you can't laugh... Uh, and maybe uh, we'll be crying. But, but, but you got to keep your sense of humor. I mean, look at the great comedians. They've taken tragedy and they've turned it on its head. Um, God bless, for example, Mel Brooks, who just turned 96 this past week. And he tweeted, thank you for all the blessing. Thank you for all the, the birthday wishes. I don't feel a day over 95. Anyway, one of the great things about uh, doing talk radio, one of my great loves, 
is that I get to have people on that I love and respect and sometimes even have become personal friends. This next guest is one of those. Her name is Dr. Martina Cartwright, and she is an internationally known scientist and speaker. She has a PhD, is president and CEO of Beacon Science Biomedical Consulting and an adjunct faculty member at the University of Arizona. She has much more, actually, than 20 years experience, she's not that old, in biomedical research and education in infectious diseases, which makes her very much a sought-after speaker, bioterrorism, food safety, nutrition, and neuroscience. On top of all that, she wrote the foreword to my book from 2012, uh, Fat Lash Food Police and the Fear of Thin, which we sometimes advertise here on our show. Not only did she write the foreword, but she coined the phrase. She was the very first to coin the phrase princess by proxy. I'm delighted to welcome to the show, Dr. Martina Cartwright. Hi, Martina. How you doing? I'm doing great. Hi, Karen. Hi, hi. I'm telling you, when uh, I had room in my schedule to have you on, I thought, oh my God, do we have three hours to talk about <laughs> some of the mental health issues that are plaguing us? Uh, I opened with this little tidbit, and then I want to give you open reign because we got a lot to talk about. Um, I wonder sometimes lately when I even talk to some friends of mine, people that I've known for years, if people are becoming unhinged, um, there's a prolonged fear mongering, constant incitement of unrest, elected officials causing and predicting disaster instead of working to prevent disaster. And that has a way of working on people's psyches. Have you had any either personal or professional uh, uh, observations of this, and do you concur? Or am I, or am I unhinged, Martina? Well, I think the media would like to think that people like us are the ones that are unhinged, but we're seeing so many examples, not just with our youth today, but also with what the media is portraying, and frankly, what's going on in our criminal justice system, or lack thereof. Um, that's clearly indicative of some type of mental breakdown or decay in many folks in our society. I think COVID restrictions had a lot to do that with that. But, um, you know, from my standpoint, we are seeing a lot more, uh, I would say, 18 to 24-year-olds coming in for treatments for eating disorders. But uh, this idea of gender confusion, uh, violent crime, lack of coping skills, lack of boundaries, all of that is related to mental health. Mm-hmm. Well, there used to be this thought when I was in grad school. Uh, let's see, we had two favorite uh, slogans. One was, there are the psychotics and the neurotics who treat them. <laughs> the other one was, <laughs> how to remain sane in an unsane world when the world is going crazy, is anxiety and depression exactly an unrealistic response? Certainly, we have to learn to uh, address those issues, cope with them, but the reaction could be a reasonable reaction if if people are feeling unsafe in their uh, formerly uh, dependent upon environment. 
See what I'm getting at here? What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I do think that has something to do with it. And a lot of that relates to how one grew up as far as coping skills and values and things that they can fall back upon in order to cope in certain situations. But what I, I kind of call it now is a lot of snowflakes and drama queens. And huh. it's not a good combination where people are almost um, addicted to, to the trauma that's portrayed every day in the media cycle. And they're looking for the next trauma. They're going from trauma to trauma to try and, and get involved in something. And it, it hasn't led to a lot of um, happiness for people. It, it has led to a lot of anxiety of uh -huh. what's next and should I leave the house? And if I do, should I bring five masks with me and, and everything else? Yeah. So, um, boy, there's two ways I could go with this. I, I, I'm going to make two quick points. And then again, I want you to comment. Uh, to throw a wrench into the works is um, leftist ideology that intends to finger people for having normal sane reactions as red flag them when we found that red flag laws not only don't work, but they take away people's uh, uh, due process rights. And then they have to go to court to prove they're sane. Um, and that's an end run around uh, uh, being innocent until proven guilty, but that doesn't mean you are sane until proven unsane. Do you know what I'm saying? So there's that. I, I want you to, yeah, go ahead. Thought uh, Comment on that. And then we'll go to the, hopefully the good news. <laughs> okay. Well, to your point about red flag, who, who decides what that means? I had an interesting conversation with a group of, of Democrats the other night. And uh -huh. we kept it civil, but that we were talking about some of these gun crimes and, and uh, what goes on. And they said, well, there should be this and there should be that. And I said, well, who, who's going to make the judgment of that? Sometimes it's rather obvious if somebody has a, a mental health issue. But sometimes it may be something like, let's say that they had depression 10 years ago and it remains on their health record. Would that be a red flag not to purchase a gun? And when does somebody get over that? And it's, I think we have a lot, I, like I always say, there are two kinds of people, the kind that want to be left alone and the kind that can't leave them alone. We have a lot yes. of the latter. And those are individuals that constantly want to be involved in whatever they think is trendy at the time, whether it's red flag laws or whatever. But who makes that distinction of what should be or should not be on that list? Um, Such a I great point, especially when it's politically motivated and we've seen that the equal justice under the law clause is being uh, uh, threatened every day by people who've politicized everything from tying your shoes to, uh, you know, what kind of car you drive. So leaving that to whether they're mental health professionals or not is tenuous at best, best, and the people that were clearly should have been red flagged or whatever weren't. <laughs> the system already broke down, and yet they'll say, well, we need more of the same. Well, no, we don't. Huh. Well, I remember right? when you and I were working on your book, uh -huh. and when we first met, and we were each afraid that 
the other one was a liberal, and thank God we weren't, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is why we're still working together after all these years. But to your point about boundaries and who yes. decides what, do you remember when we used to get all those telephone calls and emails about we should ban child pageants? We should ban this. That's always the first response right. to just get rid of it. Who makes that decision? Right. And the it's interesting because we've come full circle in this segment. We have so much more to talk about, Martina. And that is that the whole notion of live and let live, being able to live and let live, take responsibility for your own behavior and allow others to take responsibility for theirs unless they threaten your liberties. What used to be self-evident in this country, to coin a phrase, that is one of the building blocks of mental health. Uh, good mental health in general, isn't it? The I, the notion that I'm responsible for myself, you're responsible for yourself, and I don't care unless you try to hit, impinge upon my rights. Uh, uh, the political beings today have tried to make it socially acceptable that uh, it, that's not okay anymore. Real quick, and then we'll come back on the other side. Well, it, it's truly a foundation of the United States that we are individuals and with freedom comes responsibility, personal responsibility, right? being an individual and taking accountability when mistakes are made or bad decisions have been made. And, and we've lost all of that. Dr. Martina Cartwright, you can see why I love her. We're going to have more with Dr. Martina Cartwright. We're going to get into, yes, gender ideology for children both of us uh, dr martina cartwright is well able to discuss that we'll be back with her right after this Hello, I'm Mike Bendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. One of the things that I really like about MyPillow is the support. It gives my neck a little hug. I've never slept better in my life. What's better than a great night's sleep? Call or go online to take advantage of my best offer ever. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, you can get premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. With our 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! Call 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM, R-A-M. That's 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Hi, it's Karen Cataline. It's been almost a decade since I wrote Fat Lash Food Police in the Fear of Thin. It's about my early experiences in child beauty pageants and being put on extreme diets. Remember when that was shocking? Sadly, that seems like child's play compared to what we are watching today when politicians and woke corporations are actually advocating for the sexualization of children. Everyone's children. We're watching a frontal attack on childhood innocence. This is one story, my story. Fat Lash illustrates and explains why good boundaries are essential for kids to grow up healthy. They need their parents to set them, not the government. Get Fat Lash today. It's available in paperback or ebook at Amazon 
or at my website, KarenCataline.com. Wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to, or hit rewind, like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh-oh. Or that time you forgot to roll up your windows in the car wash. Fantastic. Yeah, a remote control would have come in handy then. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. But pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Life doesn't come with a remote control. So you're on your own with the wasps. You have the power to take control of pre-diabetes. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Put a frog in a pot of boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in a pot of cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As a metaphor for us and all that we go through as veterans, it's a story that rings true. We learn to endure the heat in silence. We apply what we learn to life, the bills, the job, the family, things we're expected to handle with ease. When life heats up around us, we just try to stay afloat. We let the water boil. Reaching out isn't easy, but you've never been interested in easy. You join because you are not afraid of hard work. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait until the water boils. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Karen Cataline puts the Judeo in Judeo-Christian. Now back to Spouting Off. Welcome back, everybody, to Spouting Off. Such a pleasure and honor to have you along with us here on Spouting Off. Uh, So I read an article. ACLU, here's the headline. National Education Association claimed children are never too young to undergo sex change operations. That shocking claim in a document titled Schools in Transition, a guide for supporting transgender students in K-12 schools, authored by the ACLU, the NEA Human Rights Campaign, Gender Spectrum, and the National Center for Lesbian Rights. Here to talk about it, we continue with my wonderful friend and guest, Dr. Martina Cartwright, who wrote the foreword on my book, Fat Lash, and who has probably a couple of things to say about that. Thanks for staying with us, Dr. Martina Cartwright. We love having you on. Thanks, Karen. And this is a topic near and dear to me because I have a a close friend. We've been friends for uh, since we were 14. I won't tell you how old I am now, but let's just say it's been a long time. And she's been going through this with her 15-year-old daughter who somehow got into this transgendered uh, online groups uh, during COVID and uh, all of a sudden told her mother and father, um, I, I think I want to change to be a male. And it 
it was stunning because this is a, a little girl that would dress up and wear dresses. You couldn't get the girl to wear pants when she was little. She always wanted to wear little dresses. And um, there's nothing to say that you can't be a tomboy. Remember, we used to use that term if you were a girl who was <laughs> athletic. I was certainly that way. Um, but but this is a whole different thing. And we used to consider this type of gender-changing surgery as almost mutilation. Um, I remember years ago in Thailand, they were do, performing surgeries on girls to make them boys uh, when they were as young as eight. And what about the genital mutilation that goes on in some other countries? So what's going on here? Why is this becoming a thing now? And and what's driving it? it it's um, To me, it's horrifying when you learn what's going on with some of these families that are struggling with this, the parents. Um, and their child is turning against the parent, literally, and they're being encouraged to do so by many schools and uh, authority figures within those schools. The why question is critically important. What I especially wanted to do with you on this issue, Dr. Cartwright-Martina, is, is to drill down because Parents know instinctively, they know, for example, that when Disney and others are indoctrinating their kids, grooming their kids, that something is seriously wrong. But the book that you assisted me on, we talked at great length, I talked at great length, and so did you, about boundaries and about age appropriateness. Let's give the audience some extra ammo, shall we say as to why the indoctrination of children in grade school, putting pornography on grade school shelves and saying that, that there even is such a thing as transgender six-year-olds who are, I'd love for you to go ahead, like I say, and give parents more information because they know instinctively, but they don't know from a professional standpoint, that their instincts are right on target. Maybe they don't need any validation, but we need all the help we can get. Well, I recall when we were working uh, on your book, and I wrote the foreword, and and I read through your content, and we were always questioned about this Toddlers and Tierras program and talking about boundaries, and particularly when it came to the sexualization of children. When is it age-appropriate to expose them almost literally, to that type of interaction or behavior. And we used to get calls and emails all the time saying, these children are too young, they, they're wearing these uh, adult dresses and makeup, and they mm-hmm. look like little adults, and it just welcomes trouble. Uh, we shouldn't do that at all. There should be boundaries. And many parents instinctively felt that it would not be correct to expose their daughter, or even their sons in some cases, to being overly sexualized at a young age. Now we're seeing the opposite brought forth by the ACLU and other organizations to sexualize our children at an earlier age, either by this transgender association or some other kind of gender fluidity or whatever the case may be. And I think parents are finally starting to wake up. I can assure you my friend has, and she is an extremely liberal person. But her eyes were open when this happened to her own daughter. 
And I, I guess this started when she was uh, younger, 9, 10, and 11, but it just started um, manifesting itself in behavior change uh, when her daughter became a teenager. So to your point, these organizations are grooming them at a young age. And why aren't we stopping this in the same way people wanted us to stop these child beauty patches? What Isn't is that the, the case? Between the yes. Yes. Well, it's it's even more, and this is a favorite word of the left, uh, it's systemic. They want this all over the country, as you may have heard in the commercial. They want to sexualize everyone's children. And the impressionable youth, they're getting them at a younger and younger age because they're most impressionable. What I wrote about, and you know, uh, was that certain developmental milestones get stopped in their tracks when children are rushed ahead and hurried. Uh, When I was in grad school, there was a book called The Hurried Child, and you hurry children into adulthood, and they skip a bunch of steps along the way so that they aren't, so that they are ill-equipped in adulthood to cope with the many adult challenges uh, that uh, that will come their way. In fact, it seems as if, and I, again, I want your thoughts on this, and I've I've harped on this for a long time, that the political ideology that wants to destroy uh, the foundation of this country wants to treat children like adults and adults like children. Absolutely, and the purpose I think is. Twofold. One is to destroy the family and pit children against their own parents who provide that stable upbringing. Yes. It, it's much like the rebellions that we saw in the 1960s. It's akin to that, except it's worse. We're talking about a permanent change for a child if they decide to go through gender reassignment uh, at an early age or not. And the second thing goes back to what you said earlier about boundaries and having life skills such that children need to be given a set of life skills that will stay with them through adulthood so they can cope through difficult times. And I think the third thing is relationships. Uh, My same friend has an older daughter who went out on a date with a woman and she said that she's not homosexual or has homosexual feelings. And even if she did, who cares? But she said she went out on a date with a woman because she felt more comfortable with women because she feels that men might attack her and this whole concept of Mm. male toxicity. It's gotten to the point where the media and the left has driven a wedge, not only with parents and their children, but also between genders. They're raising them with this attitude that males Mm. are the enemy. And, And I just find it so divisive, but also it it does a disservice to society in general. It poisons uh, relationships. And as we've seen, the Marxist ideology is is, uh, depending on divisiveness, men against women, old against young, black against white, uh, all of that. And it it just, the, the poisoning of our culture what I want to talk about when we get back, we have um, maybe about a minute, and I'm so delighted. Again, we have a, an extended conversation 
with Dr. Martina Cartwright is we couldn't possibly talk about all the nooks and crannies, but what I want to talk about when we get back is how do we fight back, not just collectively, which has an aspect of political activism to it, organizing, (laughs) community organizing, but more so how do we fight back individually? How do we remain strong mentally, physically for whatever are the vicissitudes that are going to be thrown at us soon? I mean, what we get from the media is just more and more fear-mongering, but we have to, oh, uh, to coin a phrase, gird our loins uh, for what comes next. I'm so delighted to have with us Dr. Martina Cartwright. We will wrap up this discussion, hopefully on a positive note, to give people some good ideas, and we have to put our heads together to keep finding them. Karen Catalina, you're listening to Spouting Off here on the KRN Radio Network. Stay with us. I was asking God through prayer, seeking a good news source. I believe he showed me the Epic Times. I delivered the mail and came across an issue. The front page intrigued me, and I subscribed. Now I cut out articles and give them to friends and family. I leave old issues at the library and around my community. We read it to our kids and love the positive messages in each article. So why do I think everyone should read the Epic Times? Because they're bringing back traditional values to this great country. Share healthcare? How can I help? help? I missed the deadline. Um, what deadline? The healthcare deadline. I'm locked out. We don't have any deadlines at Share Healthcare. You can enroll with us at any time. Oh, but can I afford it? Share Healthcare programs start at one forty nine a month. Less than five dollars a day. Can I keep my doctor? Absolutely. Pick your own doctor and hospital. Amazing. How do I join? Just visit sharehealthcare.com. Sharehealthcare.com. Sometimes you need a woman's opinion, especially if you're trying to do the impossible, which is to understand women. I'm not really comfortable talking about certain things with women I know or even with family members. I used to wish there was a smart woman who didn't know me, but who would care enough to give me good advice. Now there is. Ask Aunt Emma is for men only, but it's not therapy or phone dating. It's just wise advice. Is completely anonymous because you call and pay through liveadvice.com. So I decided to give it a try. I was amazed at Aunt Emma's insights. She gave me a lot to think about so I could decide what to do next. And maybe she can help you too. Find Ask Aunt Emma on Facebook or register at liveadvice.com and you can speak to her practically right away. Again, you can find Ask Aunt Emma on Facebook or you can register at liveadvice.com. Get the female perspective. Just ask Aunt Emma. Ask Aunt Emma is for men only. Must be 18 or older. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night, And every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate 
world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Sign up for Karen's newsletter and read her columns at KarenCataline.com. Now back to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. In the immortal words of Howard Beale from Network, one of the all-time great satires, that m- much of which came true, Howard Beale said, we know things are bad. Things are bad. You know, hang your head out the window and say, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. So things were bad then. And we know there are things that are bad now. The question is, what do we do about it, both individually and uh, communally, if there is such a thing? And there is in America. Here to staying with us, my friend, Dr. Martina Cartwright, uh, an international known scientist and speaker with a PhD uh, and president and CEO of Beacon Science Biomedical Consulting. Uh, she is such a talent and always has a fascinating opinion. Thank you, Martina, for staying with us. We appreciate it. Thanks, Karen. It's great to be here today. Yeah. So what do we do about this when we see people, and that's been kind of a theme a little bit, individuals kind of becoming unhinged, being more uncivil to one another because their rights are being taken away and they can't get angry at the people they're really angry at. So unfortunately, they poison their own relationships. That happens. That's human. That happens. Uh, What can we do first to gird our own loins going into these difficult times and as um, uh, Sydney Powell puts out something called Good News Friday, and she's always putting out good news, and she knows things are tough and challenging, but if we don't keep ourselves sane and with boundaries, as we said, then we won't be able to address the issues. What are your thoughts on this enormous question I'm throwing at you? <laughs> well, I'm fortunate enough to still have my mom with me. Um, she's mm-hmm. 96 years old, so she's been through quite a lot. And she always says, you know, life goes through peaks and valleys. And sometimes you go through really terrible times. And she lived through a depression and World War II and uh, the Carter years, high inflation, um, and all of that. And she said that she's never seen things as bad as they are now. 
And I said, well, what makes it so bad, Mom? And well, that's said, encouraging, really, Regina. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, but there's a point to all of this. And I said, Mom, okay, no, I know. So I was just now. throwing that in. Go. <laughs> and she said, it's really that people can't get along. Everybody is so polarized and divisive. And I said, well, how do you fix that? And she said, you just have to be civil. And you have to have conversations about where you agree and disagree. And if you're able to do that, and to your point earlier, uh, we started the show, some people are just frankly unhinged if they don't get their own way, as we've seen with the left, and even some cases with the right, but mostly, I will say, with the left, where we see some of these very violent activities going on in our cities across the nation. Um, The other night, I had a conversation with five people that I work with that I just met, uh, they were all Democrats. I was the only one uh, that leaned right. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about what they believe and this and that. And they all had families and this and that. And I said, well, it really doesn't matter what you believe. It matters what you value. And they looked at me like I had two heads. And I said, oh. well, what do you value? Well, I value my family. I value my safety. I said, and you value your liberty. You value the ability to make your own choices. And they had all, interestingly enough, come from another country. And I said, so why do you all live in the state of Texas? Well, because we don't have to pay, you know, certain taxes. And I said, and you were able to make that choice. So I said, we agree on many things that we value. It's how we get there. And I said, I value liberty. I value independence. I value being able to make individual decisions that I know are best for me. And one of them said, well, what about the collective good? I said, and who decides that? If I right. came into your home and said, I, I'm, I'm the leader here, and I think you should do thus and so, you would be offended. This is why it's so offensive to those of us that believe or have values or, or different beliefs on how to get there. We don't want people interfering in our business. And so it goes right. back to what you said. How can you have civil conversations? I think it's about agreeing to what is valued. And certainly, if you don't value the same things, you're not going to change that person's mind. But um, you can have a you, live and you, let love live attitude, uh, which really we are losing in this country. We are. And we may not be able to change minds. I work with college students all the time. And mm-hmm. many of them have already been indoctrinated until you can get them to see a different way. And I said, on your top five list of things that you would be concerned about, what are you concerned about? Well, being able to pay for gas in my car to do, you know, go out with my friends or even go to work. And I said, well, how did we get into that state? And how did we get into this condition? And really turning around to making them see what goes on. But on their top five list, was abortion even on it? No. That's something that the media is pushing. Right. Dr. Cartwright, Martina Cartwright, PhD. We got to wrap up the show. I have a one or two quick comments at the end. How can people find you, follow you? Because you're a treasure, you're a treasure in my life. And, uh, and uh, let people know they can connect with you. It's just easy enough. You can go to www.martinacartwright.com. It's just my name, martinacartwright.com. And you'll be able to connect with me there and find my email address and all of that. Good. I wanted to make sure and do that. And I'll still give you the last word if I can. 
One thing that I would add to what you said is to hold fast to the very things, the very values, which the nihilists want us to separate from. Our love of family, our love of God, our love of country, our love of equal justice under the law. Those are the things they're trying to destroy. Those are the things we have to hold fast to. In about 20 seconds, give us your final word there. Karen, it's always a pleasure to be on the show. And I would just say this. I I echo what you just said. It's important to hold fast to the values and the reasons why we love our country so much and not deviate from it. Some people will come to follow us. Others won't. And we will always prevail because we are the stronger. And I know that may sound very divisive, but we are the stronger because we have faith in God, faith in our country, and faith in our fellow human beings. And we have the best ideas. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We have the best ideas. That's right. And we do. Um, We're winners, as Donald (laughs) Trump would say. We're winners. Yeah. Um, I, uh, it's funny. I wrapped up because I was so, so quick to do that so that I could get that in. Uh, I would encourage people to, uh, contact Dr. Cartwright because she has her finger on the pulse of young people everywhere. She talks to them and she's found a way to talk to them. And that's what we have to keep doing is, uh, is, uh, valuing our right to free expression and holding fast to it, as we said. Thanks, Dr. Marketina Cartwright. We will see you again here on Spouting Off. Speak up. So much to spout off about. We'll see you next time.